listening to the Section Five podcast. To the Section Five podcast, where we are four weeks deep and not having any sports of any kind. I was going to say the NBA, but not just the NBA, the NFL, NHL. Uh, well, NHL was in season, NFL was in off season, MLB was in off season. But who knows when those sports are going to come? Um, but we're all hoping for the best. So I'm here with Trey and Mark. We we go remote anyways for the podcast. We haven't been in the studio for a while, but. Hopefully everyone's well and practicing this social distancing and kind of relaxing at home. What's going on? What's up, man? What up? What up? Um, you know, to kind of help get your mind off of things and kind of find a segue back into sports. I have been running with the home hop hashtag that we kind of plugged out there at the last podcast. Um, basically, I'm at home. I'm listening to hip hop and I figured it'd be an opportunity to kind of like revisit and get back to the roots of hip-hop and listen to some shit I haven't listened to in a while. So kind of in that spirit, we wanted to do like a rap and NBA kind of hybrid of a show where we make the comparisons between rap and hip-hop and, sorry, and and basketball. You know, we'll have some analogies. We'll kind of have a discussion that's just geared upon basketball and rap and how they sort of coincide and how they don't. So um, I guess to kick it right off, Actually, do you guys have any questions? I'm basically going to throw out the topic and you guys give me your best comparison. Uh, I'm good to go. We'll, we'll see what happens when we get there. So we'll start with like, actually, let me just first, let's just do a little quick lightning round type of thing. Sure. Um, the first question I have is what is your favorite, like, what's your favorite team in, in hip hop? Like what's your favorite crew track? Sort of that, you know, that group of artists together, you know, you always like that crew or you always like that group, sort of like your favorite team. Mark, you got one? Yeah. So I answered this with my favorite crew track, but it's not really a crew that's been together for multiple tracks. Yeah. Uh, so I went with Beast from the East by the Lost Boys uh, with A plus, Redman, and Cannabis. And it was the verse where Cannabis really just uh, burst on the scene and, uh, and blew up for a little bit in, uh, in 97. Uh, and uh, if you want my favorite team or, or crew, uh, go back to my boy Cannabis again, the Horseman, Cannabis, Razkaz, Killer Priest, Corrupt. I'm not surprised by that answer at all. Nope. <laughs> it's a classic. Trey. Uh, Lost Boys is actually a good one. Uh, Renee's one of my favorites by them. Let me think. I mean, I like the Fugees. It's tough with them because Wyclef, I don't really, I don't think he's that great lyrically. So, but Praz, Lauren Hill. I'm I'm a big cannabis guy, so uh, so I can't really fuck with Wyclef. So <laughs> they had to beef, right? Uh, well, Wyclef did the beats for uh, Cannabis's first album, which uh, didn't do as well as they had hoped because the sound was just so different. Because Wyclef and Cannabis, like his lyrics, don't fit Wyclef's beats. Uh, it's like a thousand Y clefs now. Yeah. So 
my my theory is if cannabis released his second album first and his first album second i guess reverse the order there it probably would have uh, gone a lot better for him because they wanted just the the hard battle raps for the first uh, album and they got more conceptual stuff they wanted more conceptual stuff for the second album they got the battle tracks so um Wait, what, let me change my answer real quick. Sorry. Uh, okay, sorry. You gonna change the answer? Uh, so I'm thinking Terror Squad, if if Big Pun is in, involved in that, if he was considered to be part of that before he passed, I would I would consider them. You know what? That kind of I I kinda of went in a different direction with my track, but it's very Terror Squad centric. Um, and it's um, Johnny Blaze. If you remember that track with Nas, Big Pun, um, Raekwon, and Fat Joe. That was in like, you know, like 98 or something like that. It was actually on Fat Joe's album, I believe. But that song came on the other day when I was in the car as I was kind of thinking about this whole topic. So that made me throw down that question. So I already had an answer before I had the question. But that song is dope. I had heard it in a minute. I'm like, oh, okay, I remember this one. So this year in the NBA was sort of like, it went from big threes to duels. Everybody kind of tag teamed up and had a partner, you know, KD and Kyrie or PG and Kawhi or LeBron and AD. Don't forget our guys. I mean, we we were already squatted up, but you got Jason and Jalen. So who's sort of your favorite duo in hip hop? Uh, so for me, it's, uh, it's organized confusion, Pharaoh Monch and Prince Poe, uh, three albums in the nineties, uh, and around 97 ish, uh, they, they split and, uh, and Pharaoh went on and did his own thing, but, uh, those still hold up. There was one from like, it's like 91, 94 and 97, I think. And they sound pretty distinctly different from the eras. Like the one from 91, the beats really sound like something from the early nineties. Um, you go into the second one stress uh and that one kind of makes a transition to a little bit more modern sound and then the equinox sounds like a late 90s uh, type of uh, of album so they all have pretty distinctive sounds to them so it's uh, it's great stuff great uh, great lyrics great beats and uh, they complement each other really well how much kind of came up in one of my answers for another topic later down the line but it might be a hot. It might be more of a hot take. My let's see, who did I have? My favorite duo I have was Styles P and Jadakiss. From I like that. Two two thirds of the locks. Never had really smash smash hits or much hits at all, but always had consistently good content, good lyrics. You know, dope MCs, good albums. So good presence and, too. Especially Jada. Like, well, they're the first duo, at least as far as I remember, they're the first duo to interchange bars like within one verse. It's not like, you know, they have their part and the other person has their own part. Like within one verse, verse they're kind of finishing each other's sentences. Maybe there's somebody before them who probably I'm not, I'm, I'm overlooking, but Styles P and Jada Kiss is my favorite duo. I'm just going to keep it simple and go with Outcasts. Okay. You Andre, know, I, Andre 3000 I, and, and Big Boy. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, reasonable. So if we was on Instagram, Trey, and it's um, Styles and Jada Kiss versus Outkast, who wins? Mm. 
I mean, lyrically, I like Andre 3000, but I'm not sure about his um, like freestyle capabilities. So we're talking, you came to freestyle, we're talking, Just, I mean, came with something prepared. Uh, actually, the way I mean, you, if they're battling, those are always prepared anyway, even if they're passed off as a freestyle. So, no, nah, I'm like on Instagram, though, the way it's being set up mostly is like people are playing their songs, um, that they, you know, oh, I mean, hands down, it's gonna be Outcast. That's what I'm saying. It'll probably end up being Outcast. Well, no, it would be it end up being Outcast because they have so many more. We're just going by catalog radio hits and catalog and shock yeah. value. For the but if it's a straight hip hop, like if it's a straight, not hip hop, if it's straight rap, like I don't know. I mean, if it's straight rap, I mean, my duo got it. But if you're, if you're in the basement somewhere listening to this, you just want, you know, you're looking, listening to bars and lyrics more so than like hits. Maybe they have a chance. Um, all right, so we're gonna move on to the association. This is gonna be the name association. So I'm gonna name a rapper or an artist and I want their best comparison in the NBA. Um, and this kind of came about from the last part as well, when we were talking about music and we ended up, the name Black Thought came up. And it was kind of like, a, you know, a, an agreement that he's nice. He's one of the best rappers of all time, I would think, but he kind of just doesn't get his due necessarily. Like when you have that, Mount Rushmore, that list of top five, whatever rappers, like sometimes Black Thought gets left off, but anybody when they actually think of it would be like, no, he's like one of the nicest to ever do it. So who's that person in the NBA that's kind of like, you know, a little bit overlooked, maybe didn't, you know, get all the titles, but from a, just from a straight talent perspective and, you know, respect from his peers, um, who is, you know, that player in the NBA? Who's the, who's the Black Thought in the NBA? I'm going with AI. Okay. I mean, I like that answer. Just because some people might overlook him um, or some people might have him as the second best shooting guard or third best shooting guard after MJ, Kobe. Um, some might have him fourth after Wade. So some undervalue him and a lot of people. I don't think, yeah, I don't think anybody has Allen Iverson in their top 10. Because he, yeah. he he didn't win, so right, you know. So, but but anybody who thinks about Allen Iverson is going to be like, yo, he's one of the skill wise. Yeah, Allen Iverson was one of the best. I think it's. I think I don't know. I think that's not a bad comparison. Um, Mark, what do you what do you think about Trey's comparison, and what's your comparison? I also had Allen Iverson, oh, and definitely. I'm going to tell you why because. Uh, we'll give everyone a little peek behind the curtain here. You you put together this agenda, which is why you're leading the way. And uh, you put a little footnote with each of these ones that we're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. You put uh, for Black Thought, pound for pound the best. Mm -hmm. And when you saw when you put pound for pound, I immediately thought of Iverson. Because, sure, there are players who were greater than than him. You know, MJ, Kobe, I guess this generation, you know, Duncan, LeBron. But there's nobody who got more out of less than Iverson just in terms of stature. Like he was a guy who was smaller than everyone he faced and he still just took him to the cleaners and uh, you know, black thought you can argue, okay, he's pound for pound the best. He's got, he's the most, most talented, even though overlooked uh, and Iverson for a guy who was what 
six feet even maybe who knows because they didn't even list their real heights back then uh got the absolute most out of his body i got one more but let's see what you got um all right before you go uh i guess me i'm gonna maybe sound like a homer here but mine's when i after i thought about it was larry bird and i just say larry bird because when you talk about the best player in nba history there's pretty much nobody that's saying larry bird but when you talk about you know, name your top five players in NBA history, pretty much everybody will say Larry Bird is in their top five. And then when you actually pay attention and you actually, you know, if you've been doing it during this quarantine, when you watch the games, like with Black Doc, when you listen to the verses, when you watch the games, you pay attention. You're like, yo, Larry Bird was, was ridiculous. He was. At his prime. So he's like, and, you know, pound for pound, he wasn't necessarily a, a, a big guy. He wasn't the most athletic guy. He but was a big guy. Yeah, well, he was, I mean, he was tall. When you say pound for pound, I thought of Shaq, but he's kind well, of disqualified. I thought the opposite. Yeah, I, so, I thought, like, you know, Floyd Mayweather, pound for pound. Yeah, you know, so I that's of, good because pound for pound really can mean, it's, you know, what does that mean to you? And, and the spirit of it was kind of like, you know, the guy who, you know, when you really, when you really look at it, and you really, really analyze it, they're one of the best. Not just, you know, um, gut reaction on the surface. But when you dig deep, sort of like, well, you know, Floyd Mayweather, you know, yeah. when he, you know, he fights technically in defense and stuff like that. Um, so, Trey, what was your other one, though? So, hold on. We have, we have two Allen Iversons and a Larry Bird. All right, Trey. So, what was your, um, what was your other one you had? Uh, not to be a homer, but Paul Pierce. <laughs> I, I thought about Paul Pierce, but I'm like, people will probably just kill me if I said Paul Pierce. I mean, just be, I mean, even back in the early 2010s or whatever, he was getting disrespected. I mean, you had, if you were to ask anybody who the top five small forwards were, you had guys like Karan Butler, Rudy Gay. So you had at least three or four guys that people would try to put up there ahead of Paul Pierce, even though he was arguably number one at the time still. So yeah, I just think that he's he's been a little disrespected. So. All right, yeah, I thought about that one too, and I'm like, yeah, there's so many haters out there that people won't even listen to the merits of the argument. But he did win one though, so. But he got. I mean, a black dot. I mean, with the root, I took him out. You know, even now he's he's more famous for being with like who's he with Jimmy Fallon right now. Um. Uh, I'm I'm willfully ignorant to pop culture, so I can't help yeah, you with that one. The roots on, I think the roots in them um, on Jimmy Fallon. All right, so the next one, I'm gonna go with Old Dirty Bastard, the ODB, and on one of the skits, it might have been, it might have been Thirty Six Chambers, anyways. But Method Man is describing all of the Wu Tang members, and he's like, you know, he's the ODB, he's the Old Dirty Bastard. There's no father to his style, so. Sort of in that spirit, who's the ODB of the NBA? Like somebody whose game, how they play, was like completely innovative and, you know, really not, you didn't see anything like it before. Oh, I got one for modern day. Uh, and it's a little unfair because I don't put ODB up on this pedestal, but Giannis. He's a seven-foot point guard who can dunk from the free throw line. We've never seen that before. There's no father to his game. So if you're saying there's you know, no father to his style, that's the comparison. I had another one real quick with ODB too, uh, and it was Robert Ory. 
because it was my own thoughts on him, not the no father to a style part. Uh, he made a few teams or he made a few plays and a great team brought him to the top. Uh, he was kind of there along for the ride. He en- enhances it. He did make the, the group better, uh, but there were always a ton of people ahead of him uh, on that roster. And, and that's what I think of when I think ODB. Um, so I have two again. Um, so I'm going to go with my second one first is Shaq again, um, just because of his size and his capabilities and how he played the game. Uh, there's no father to his style. And then you got Steph Curry. Duke can shoot it from pretty much anywhere on the court. And that's been what's transformed this game. I would definitely say Steph Curry is no father to his style. And that just has to do, it's a testament to the times that we're in for basketball. Because like, you know, back then, guys probably had the range to shoot, but it, they weren't given the go-ahead to do it. So, Yeah, I, w- I also have Steph Curry. Um, and it was kind of an obvious choice for me. I mean, I think Giannis has a similar game to a LeBron, but he's an inch or so taller than him. So, I mean, you, you've had precedence with tall. I mean, there's nothing been nothing like Giannis necessarily, but I did think about Giannis, but then I kind of figured like, you know, there's been some precedence with point forwards hypothetically mm-hmm. in, in basketball. So I, I went with Steph, Jeff, you know, Steph extended the, the three point line probably about by about 10 feet. He's regularly making shots in games that when I was playing basketball, you would have got benched and probably never got in the game again if you attempted any of those shots that Steph Curry's attempting. But now you got guys like Trey Young who are just killing the NBA with a similar game. And even LeBron, old man LeBron, extended past the three-point line to adapt because that was the influence that Steph's game had on the NBA. Um, But so at least, I mean, the last few questions, we've kind of been like two for three where, you know, we all kind of agreed or thought of the same person. So – we're like-minded. Let's see if we can maybe nail one of these as we go on. Um, anything else on this topic? Um, I'm ready for the next one. I, I, I think I might be solo on this one. All right. So um, I was always like a bad boy. Bad boy and Rockefeller was really like my style when I was younger. You know, I was kind of, you know, jiggy. I was a little jiggy, you know, a little, a little braggadocious. I wasn't necessarily digging into the crate into hip hop like I am now. I kind of just liked what I heard outside and what people was playing at the park. Um, so for me, like Memphis Bleak was always a rapper who, he was so hyped up in them circles by like DJ Clue and Jay-Z. He was always hyped up as like the next dude. Like even in the intro to one of Jay-Z's albums, I think I said it's on the last pod maybe, you know, he kind of anoints Memphis Bleak as the next, the next rapper, like Jay-Z's done. And that was like 25 years ago. So, um, so who's like, who's the Memphis bleak of the NBA? Like the dude who like had the pedigree, like he had next, but he never really got there. Um, let me go first. Maybe, t- I don't know if this might set the tone or not, but there was two directions I was going. I was thinking of either Andrew Wiggins or Chris Webber. Oh, Webber's both, interesting. Both players that I believe were number one overall picks highly regarded prospects, all the measurements, all the tools, you know, them combine, those combine superstars, you know, that were projected to be top picks and then didn't really grasp it, you know, had some moments, 
I mean, and Chris Webber, you know, played on some really good teams that went deep. Um, but I don't think he ever made it to the finals. Um, but he had he, a good career. He, he good, didn't, uh, he unless unless he got there with Detroit. Yeah, no, yeah, he had a good but, career, but just never really met the hype. Um, I don't know. He he was the best player on a really good Sacramento team, though. He was. He was. I'm just saying. When you're not, but I mean, when you're like, you're the next guy, like the next best player in the league, and he had a really good career. But that's why I was thinking more so for Andrew Wiggins, who was drafted highly, highly regarded, and just kind of flopped. But it's better than a lot of other people. Yeah, you see, that could be to you, you holding Memphis Bleak in higher regard than I do. So my guy, I can remember years ago seeing footage on SportsCenter, really grainy video footage. Uh, and hearing a former NBA player, I can't remember who it was, uh, but who had played with this dude and had said, I don't want to say he's a European Kevin Garnett because he's not quite there yet, kind of implying that this dude is the European Kevin Garnett. Uh There was legitimate talk in some circles that he would be the first pick in the draft over LeBron. We're talking about Darko here. (laughs) Darko came over and was god-awful from the start and never never even became a role player uh in on any team and he was on quite a few teams including your boston celtics uh memphis bleak kind of had that same career like his stuff came out it was not very good he fizzled out shortly after that he had like that one radio hit and that's it he was gone um and uh and that's that's darko because if uh, gee you're old enough to remember when this draft happened. Uh, there was a ton of hype around him. And a big part of it was we just couldn't see this guy. There was no YouTube. There were no European games on, on TV. It was just like, it was, it was like Bigfoot videos. Like it was just grainy shit where you like, I think he's that one. And uh, it was, it was wild. And people were talking about him. Like he was the future of the league along with those other guys coming into the draft that year. Yeah, just I, yeah, no. I mean, that's not. I think all these are going to be really good comparisons because uh, everybody's has their own perspective. I just play like Darko never had any moments. Yeah, it was his moment. Like, if he at least like you know, hey, maybe he was good for a season or so, and then just sucked. Like, but he was a, he was a he he never he's a bust from day one. He was. I'm also and- wondering how many teams were like actually touting him like how many teams actually was scouting and wanting to move up to draft Darko I mean Darko was not a surprise at number two he was the consensus number two there was it wasn't is it Carmelo or Darko really unless you're looking at fit uh for a specific team if a team was maybe loaded with so didn't want to go that I'm way kind of, like, I'm Darko was the consensus guy Melo had just won the national title and was like, yeah, he did. Come on now. He did. All but, freshman. Freshman. Yes. And he was great know. in college, and, and we all had the feeling that he was going to be a great player. But I'm telling you, Darko had that hype. He had that kind of hype around him. And it wasn't a holy shit, they picked who when he got picked over Melo. It was, yeah, that's where I expected them to go, was the reaction. I have a different record. And it, it, it wasn't a shot at Mello either. And, you know, I like to take my shots at Mello. And it, it, it wasn't uh, people doubting Mello. It was people thought Darko was really See, I would compare good. it to the Aiton draft, how Aiton, how he went 
early. And he's a big, and when it's all said and done, he might have a good career. But, I mean, to beat out Doncic, Trey Young, it's not going to happen. Now, one thing I'm saying about Darko, he's kind of like Hashim the beat. <laughs> oh, my God. Early. I don't know what the team saw in him, but he ended up being pretty much a bust. I think the beat had a better career, obviously, that, than Darko. My, I made a point. I made a – a appeal to Twitter when I'm like, listen, the number two pick is like the worst spot you can get in the draft. Cause you're yeah. screwed. Like you're going to take the guy that you feel like you're pressured to take, but you don't really want, cause you don't want to miss on that guy that everyone else says is good. Like Darko mm-hmm. or, or, um, machine the beat or so I have, I have a couple more. Lonzo. Um, Even though Lonzo's all right. Lonzo's not bad. He's, he's doing fine. His number two picks are, are tough. I def, number three is the place is the, the best pick that Sam Bowie. Jordan. Right. So because we're we're going yeah. with like top picks, I crossed Telfair off the list, Sebastian Telfair. But he was he was ah, that's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. Out. Um and then Sebastian other, Telfair had a lot of hype. My other two are Michael Beasley and OJ Mayo. Those are good ones. Those two are really good, especially OJ Mayo. I mean, the, and the reason why I used Memphis Bleak is because you had Jay-Z, who was the, the most, you know, accomplished rapper at that point, or, or, or at least, you know, he was selling, going multi-platinum with, with his albums during that time. But yeah, Jay-Z saying Memphis Bleak was next. So whether his, whether his skills ever warranted that, I'm not saying that, but you just had somebody like a Jay-Z I mean, saying this is the next guy. So if Jordan or somebody said, hey, this is the next guy, and then that guy sucked. OJ Mayo um, had a one-on-one versus MJ. So he thought he, thought he was MJ, but MJ didn't give him that, you know, that love back. Yeah. Do, do we want to drop Lenny Cook's name here? Lenny Cook's? You, you, you don't remember Lenny Cook, do you? No, I don't remember Lenny Cook. I no. remember a lot of Cooks, but not Lenny. Lenny Cook was the number one prospect in high school the year before LeBron. He was super prospect, supposed to go to the league. He played LeBron in an All-American game, and LeBron just destroyed him, took him apart. And uh, Lenny Cook went in, uh, went in the shooter, got on, uh, was undrafted, and never played in the NBA. Yikes. And he was, he was that dude. He was on the Celtics Summer League team one year. Moving on to the next topic. Um... This was kind of a this is kind of a throwback. This is kind of digging in the little in the in on the crates again a little bit. But so the DOC um, rapper, you know, late eighties, early early nineties. Uh, I think he was out of Dallas, but eventually signed with um, Easy E, Ruthless Records, and you know was a contributor to Straight Outta Compton on the NWA album. Um, and he at the time, I think was a highly anticipated artist um, that Ruthless Records was really promoting, really pushing. And then he got into a tragic car accident where he actually was fine. It could have been fatal, but his the injury that he really sustained was to his throat and his voice box. And it changed his voice forever and he couldn't rap anymore. Um, so it was kind of like, a, you know, an ACL for a basketball player, you know, the one place that you really don't want to injure that can kind of derail your career. The dude gets into a car accident and freaking fucks his old voice up. So I guess like 
I'm sure there's other um, analogies that could be made, but given that analogy, who's the best player or who's the NBA player who, if not for injury, would have had the best career? I mean, there's really only one answer, in my opinion. You got to go with T-Mac. I mean, if not, if not injured, he would be up there. We'd be putting him up there in, in talks um, right after Kobe, definitely, or, or, you know, maybe even up there with Kobe. But, you know, definitely behind Kobe and not D-Wade. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's, that's a good one. Mine's going to resonate with 90s kids. Uh, to me, it's Grant Hill. Uh, we, I think, forget how good he was in Detroit now because he had such a long career after he eventually came back from the injury and was a really good player but he was on track to be one of the best players in the NBA he was an all-star five out of his first six years in Detroit Uh, his last year in Detroit he averaged 25 points a game then he played 43 games in the next four years with with Orlando and he never averaged 20 points in the league again he was that dude who we thought with Jordan winding down, like he might be next. And then suddenly he was an afterthought and was a guy who just had to grind his way back to being a, uh, a good maybe third or so option on a team. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, to me, the biggest what if outside of a death in the NBA. That's a good one too. Um, I, I had Grant Hill. I thought about Grant Hill uh, for this one. Um, but I'm going to go with the guy who's, it might not surprise you guys who I'm going with. Um, did you buy his jersey when you were supposed to get school I did, clothes? I did. I bought his jersey. Um, the legend legend has it that I spent all of my school clothes money shopping um, on one thing. Yep. Um, <laughs> so That's the thing about clothes is it can mean many things. Or it I can hope, mean one article. Uh, I'm guessing it must have been uh, still pretty warm outside the first couple weeks of school because... I'm sure, I'm sure I was wearing my summer clothes. So, but the player, the player that I'm going to say is, is Anthony Penny Hardaway out of Memphis, I believe. Yep, the um, blue chip himself. Out of Memphis, Mr. Blue Chips himself. My favorite player growing up. Orlando Magic took, went to the finals. You know, unfortunately, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon was treating Shaq like a baby on the court that series, but... um. Yeah, I think that if not for injury, you know, he was six seven, six eight, point guard, had the hops, could shoot it, could dribble it. Like he was he was of that that mold of a of a Kobe, of a T Mac. Trying to say, not not including LeBron. LeBron's a little bit bigger, but you know, six foot six, six foot seven, you know, a Tatum um type of player that that really could have had a great career if it wasn't for injury. I had a second that- one. Um would have been Brandon Roy, but he's not better yeah. than team. So that's, yeah. that's, a good one too. that's a really good um, one. Brandon Roy, I think I think Brandon Roy's ceiling wasn't as higher as the yeah, guy that's a name, but his production at the time was as high as theirs. Yeah, he had he had that finesse game, like that sl- more slow moving Paul Pierce type looking game. So it's amazing that the Blazers never got anything out of all those teams. They they traded Tyus Tyus um who's the Tyus Tyus Jones what was his name what Tyus guy? Thomas Tyus Thomas yeah, they, I was yeah, thinking Ty- Tyus Edney I was way off <laughs> I was gonna say Tyus Edney I was running out of Tyuses 
They traded him for uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. They draft. They had the number one pick and took Odin over uh, Kevin Durant. That's another good answer for this too, because I legitimately think Odin would have been very, very good had he been has had his body been able to hold up. He was like, he was getting compared to Bill Russell. I mean, so was Greg Steamsma coming out coming out of Ohio State. Greg Steamsma is awful. I actually think Portland's underrated in terms of like his history with their players. Like, mm-hmm. like Melo had great reason to want to actually go there because some good players have actually suited up for the Blazers. Yeah, I'm not putting them up there with these guys, but Amari Stoudemire was having a career before he got injured. That's yeah, a good one. That's another one, too. Yeah. Um, he was he was nice. All right, so moving on. Um, we're still in, we're still in um, rap to basketball. So in hip-hop circles, there's a, there's a legendary album called Detox that's supposed to be Dr. Dre's next studio album. It's been rumored for 20 years now. It hasn't happened, and it may not ever happen. It's one of the biggest what-ifs in hip-hop. What if Dre dropped Detox? Um, but maybe he'll do it. Maybe he'll surprise us. But what's your sort of, not necessarily the greatest what-if, but, you know, if this would have happened, it probably would have been dope, like Detox dropping 20 years ago. Trey, you got one? So there's a couple of lines of thinking, you know, immediately I gravitate towards being a Celtics fan. And I think if Perk never got injured, mm. but I don't think that's kind of where you're going with it. So would have been dope, but never happened. I would actually go with two people teaming up. Um, so Kobe and T-Mac. That would have been, that would have been really dope. Was that, was that like rumored or something? Of them yeah. being able to um, I think, join I think they, actually, they could have probably made it happen, but they never. I feel like when they were like on the jump together, like with Rachel Nichols, like that might have came up or something. But okay. Um, but yeah, other than them two, I would say I really wanted AI to play with the Celtics. Never happened. So. <laughs> that, no, that. That. Hey, um, hey I they got even, Marbury here, so what yeah. the hell? The okay. AI at the end could fit in. But mine was actually a, a, uh, a lot more aligned with your first line of thinking. I was thinking, what if, you know, KG never got hurt in 2009? Because mm. the team was 44-11. and 11. They were the best team in the league. They were the defending champions. They had already had a 19-game winning streak, and then KG gets hurt. It's a three-peat. Then, yeah, at least, or it would have at least been Celtics Lakers three years in a row because the Lakers beat uh, Orlando. Yeah, they Orlando. beat the Magic yeah. in like five Shaq. that year. I'm not, not shocked. Then the fourth <laughs> year, Perk gets hurt in the finals. Um, so that's my what if. Like, yeah, what if, what if KG didn't get hurt? We could have three straight Celtics Lakers finals. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's uh, the. Michael Jordan, Reggie Lewis rivalry. And uh, I talked about this a little bit, shameless plug, in uh, the Section 5 short that I posted uh, late last week when I did a tribute to Reggie Lewis. Uh, We were in the early stages of one of the premier rivalries of that era. There's a game where Reggie blocked Jordan's shot four times, and Jordan still remembers it to this day. 
those guys had some absolute battles, even early in Reggie's career when he was in his you know, second year in the league. Uh, he was dropping 30 points uh, against the Bulls. They were, the Celtics were losing. The Bulls were better. Jordan was better, uh, especially at that time with Reggie being as young as he is. But it just it looked like this was going to be one where these two guys were going to battle for the rest of you know, the 90s, uh, conceivably. And uh, that kind of goes into uh, what would have been, I think, a formidable big three of uh, Reggie, Dino Raja and Dominique Wilkins. Uh, and with Jordan out of the league for a couple of years, who knows, maybe we get another banner up there. So uh, my big what if really revolves around Reggie Lewis, but going from maybe more of an NBA standpoint and uh, the league as a whole, where we would have had that rivalry with, uh, with Jordan uh, and, uh, and a player who really held his own defensively against uh, who most people say is the best to ever do it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one too. I mean, Reggie, definitely gets lost to uh lost the time you know because because he you know he passed so young in his prime but he was like the link he was the he was the bridge between the the big three era in the future and you know how that ended but i think that's a good one too um oh my other one was going to be what if danny completed the uh, the rondo for steph curry deal oh. I think those, i'm pretty sure there was a rondo for steph curry deal like on the table early in Steph's career or something. Interesting. I don't know who turned it down. Well, and it was definitely Rondo for Chris Paul. What, or what if they, uh, what, uh, I, I want to get this right, but what if they had successfully traded Doc Rivers for DeAndre Jordan? <laughs> yeah, it was going to be like, it was, it was uh, DeAndre and Eric Bledsoe, I think, for like Doc and KG or something like that. Yeah, it was, it was wild. <laughs> uh, Adam Silver had to step in. Well, like, no, you can't do that. Like, Where thank you. <laughs> so that concludes part one of the Section 5 Hip Hop and Basketball Crossover Edition. We hope you enjoyed it. In part two, we're going to kick things in reverse where we play the association game by giving you the athletes first and then presenting our best parallels and comparisons in the rap game. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. You're listening to the Section 5 Podcast.